Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the most important things to make sure to do when breaking into the entertainment industry or wanting to further your entertainment career is beware of the dangers of comparison. Practice your craft, develop your craft and reach your own audience. You know, to be grateful for what I have. I was so focused on what I didn't have yet. In my experience, when you don't cherish and honor the things you do have, they seem, you seem to lose them. So I would go to rehab in the winter and try to put myself back together and come and, you know, you can only survive white knuckling it so long. So, you know, you break or you cave or, so I quit the show actually when I was 18, middle of a a work day. I just said, screw you guys. I'm, I'm out of here. I could only imagine the mixture of fear and rage (sighs) that comes over you. Yeah. You know, it's a scary place. So Jeremy Jackson is with us, uh, did 159 episodes of Baywatch, right? Counted. I, sure. 159. Went by the name Hobie Buchanan. Yeah, Buchanan, yeah. Buchanan. <laughs> also ended up on Celebrity Rehab about 10 years ago with Dr. Drew mm-hmm. for some addiction. And then I realized, then I saw that you were with David Hasselhoff in Germany <laughs> yeah. for when he was performing because he's the Michael Jackson of like Germany there. Yep. yep. Which is so interesting, you know, David Hasselhoff is. <laughs> yeah, David Hasselhoff. He's a legend over there. He's a king of reinvention. He's himself. a king of reinvention. But yeah. for you, how did you find yourself in the profession of acting? Being that you were in Orange County. Yeah, yeah. It's it was a it's a funny story. Um, serendipitous, meant to be, what have you. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on the show so much. Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you. You too. And uh to kind of, you know. Connect. Form a little, yeah, connection and unity together. I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. It's, I'm blessed to be here. Um, the acting thing, like, was my full-blown passion. I was obsessed. I saw Michael Jackson on TV. I saw Elvis Presley. You know, I saw Knight Rider, and I saw these cool guys with just seas of people praising them and you having this sense of power. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to have that. I want that, and I believe I can do that. Like, I believe that's in me, whether it was singing, dancing, acting, outfits, you know, impersonations, whatever it was, I practiced it religiously on my own, having no idea what the entertainment industry was. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I have this little single mom, we're way down in Orange County and uh, she hears about a kid's agent and 
doesn't know who the kid's agent is, you know, if she's big or good or what it's even like. She has no clue. None of my family came from the entertainment industry. So it was just kind of a shot in the dark. Turned out to be one of the biggest agents uh, in LA, represented the Olsen twins, mm. represented kids from Saved by the Bell. She had it going on, went up, had that little face to face. And I was, a, you know, just a rambunctious, personable, kind of like a an adult trapped in a kid's body, you know, right. I'm making eye contact, I'm shaking hands and I'm like six years old. You know, I knew it was, it was time to, to push. It was time to go. This is what I wanted. And was that the first big gig that you did or did you have a whole bunch of other acting gigs? Before? Yeah, I started acting when I was six. So my first um, job I ever got was a Mattel commercial for the color changing cars. Okay. And that turned into seven episodes or seven commercials. So the first one was like slam easy dunk, money. easy money, boom. I'm the Mattel kid. It's right. frosted mini wheats, it's M and M's, it's McDonald's, it's campaigns, it's uh, TV shows, movies. Played uh, Fred Savage in a flashback on the Wonder Years. So hung out with the cast of the Wonder Years. Did Santa Barbara soap operas, all kinds of stuff. I was I was getting jobs left and right. Got it. And then at what age did you get Baywatch? Ten. Ten years old. Mm -hmm. Who were you the son of? David Hasselhoff. So on the on, on Baywatch, you were the son of David. Yeah, Hasselhoff. David was like the single parent, you know, living on the beach, having a career, having babes. You but know, being and then that you grew parent. up with a single mom, did you kind of look at him as being your father? Oh, totally. I mean, I had I had no dad. I always wanted a dad. I really didn't have any other male figures in my life. So he, I was hyperactive, dyslexic, you know, starving for attention and approval kid. Like Knight Rider's my dad. It's my dream come true, you know? And he had your back fully. You know, he, I, I say he's like a big brother to me. You know, he was, dude, I, I put myself in his shoes now. He was 30 and a superstar. And here's this 10 year old kid that's like wanting to go in his trailer all the time, wanting them to follow him all around. He's like, geez, kid, you know, like I'm trying to hook up with these chicks or like I'm trying right. to be a, a famous guy. It's like, I don't have kids yet. Like, give me a break. But he wasn't or he, was he eventually like, look, kid, you know, you're, we, we, give me we, some space. No, we got into it a couple of times. We got into it a couple of times. I called them names and walked off. It was kind of, you know. A big brother. It was kind of like a big brother. And how many, how many years would that be that you did that? I mean, how many years were you on that show? I did Baywatch for 11 years. So all the way From until you were 21. 21, we did this big Baywatch Hawaiian wedding, like TV movie thing. Yeah. Wow. And you, and it's the number so one show in the history the, of the yeah, world. At that point, you spent more time on that show, more than half your life yeah. by the time you were 21 doing the show Baywatch. Yeah. And if it wasn't summers on the beach, you know, on teen magazines and signing autographs, it was winters in Europe touring with my music. Uh, and looking back at yourself, what lesson do you think you learned in that process? Oh, man. The most valuable lesson that is so easy to forget um, that, uh, you know, to be grateful for what I have, you know, and that uh, the car or the fame mm -hmm. or the chick, you know, whatever that is, um, doesn't bring happiness, you know, because when I was the it kid turning down million dollar movie roles, getting in and out of limos, 30 grand to do a little voiceover, you have 15 minutes. Uh, okay. I'll do it. You know, it was just right. rolling in. Um, I was so focused on what I didn't have yet or where I needed to be, where I wanted to be, what wasn't happening rather than really cherishing what I did have. And in my experience, when you don't cherish and honor the things you do have, they seem, you seem to lose them.
did you end up saving that money and investing it properly or was well, it more you know, single, single mom, you know, we didn't come from money. So it was a lot of, you know, cars and rent and lawyers and you get screwed in the entertainment industry. We didn't know about that stuff. So the contracts weren't always, you know, in Favorable, my yeah. And there was like stuff behind the scenes, but you can't prove it. Whatever can happen will happen, you know? So yeah, my agent's daughter was a drug addict, Lonnie O'Grady from eight is enough. She stole over $200,000 from me. We found out after she died of a overdose. There's so many, so many little things, you know? So you went through that experience and you're 21 years old. And then what happens? Uh, well, you know, I chose to go like full force into partying, you know, honestly, uh, I had kind of been dabbling a lot. I had already been in a couple rehabs. I had already gotten in a little trouble. By 21. Oh yeah. I mean, you know. So the show was constantly trying to get you cleaned up. Pretty much, you know. They, yeah, you're the type, because I've worked with a lot of shows yeah. and a lot of uh, young adults or yeah. teenagers for different movies through the years. And I just, I know, I know because you're an investment, they, they can't replace Hobie right. from Baywatch overnight. Yeah. You know, they can't kill you off. So they need to make sure you keep your head straight. Yeah. And it's a lot of pressure for me too, you know? Um, so I would go to rehab in the winter and try to put myself back together and come and do a good job. And, you know, you can only survive white knuckling it so long. So, if, you know, you break or you cave or, you know, my performance was, was dwindling, you know? And, um, so I quit the show actually when I was 18, um, but it was just too much. It was too much for me. In the middle of a, a work day, I just said, "Screw you guys! I'm I'm out of here." Wow. You know, I couldn't I couldn't remember my lines. I hadn't slept. It was really rough. You know, I was embarrassed. You know, I was really embarrassed, and I wasn't able to tell at the time I was embarrassed. You know, or that I was afraid, or that I was, you know, covering up for my insecurities and and my lack of abilities. Um, you know, I so just what do they do else. because they have these huge elaborate yeah, they, director they, sets. Like what do they do when an 18 year old goes on Baywatch and says, I, I just can't do this. I'm out. Yeah. It was a, uh, it was a big deal. You know, agents and managers and everyone was freaking out. They tried to ride it out that I was, went off to go see my mom or tried to beg and plead with me to come back and just do a couple little pickup scenes so they could weave it in and make it Why do it you seem think you quit it? Do you think that was just self-sabotage? Yeah. I mean, uh, of course it was self-sabotage, but, um, you know, I was under like heavy duty drug addiction, man. I was in full force drug addiction, man. And I didn't, I didn't understand what that was at the time. You know, you, you party, do some Coke with friends and you're 16, you got a fake ID and every, you're the cool guy with some money and buying the limos. You think it's fun. You know, you think it's what you do when you're a rock star and when you're famous, I mean, you don't understand what's the deeper causes and conditions the spiritual sickness that's right. going on you know so i had you no just clue kept going. so you kept going at 21 it was it's almost like a kid off to college with no boundaries yep. no responsibilities you got the total fuck it's i'm gonna do what i want i'm the man of the house i'm paying the bills i'm employing everybody. i got money mm -hmm. people need me you know so there's a whole power trip last? there oh maybe a couple years before yeah. rehab again. Yeah. Oh, not, I mean, I went probably to a couple of rehabs in, inside of that couple of years, but at 20, I actually, I got sober at 20. 
So when I came back to do the big Baywatch movie, I was 21 and I, I was sober already. So, you know, the real bad stuff happened around 18, but 20, I, I got sober for the first time. Um, that lasted over 12 years. Wow. You know, it was really, it was a great stretch of life. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great stretch of life. And uh, 12 years. Yeah. I kind of was over the entertainment industry at that time. I mean, I did. So you got sober and kind of were like, I'm over entertainment. Well, I really, I was, I was so beat up from what I had done to myself. And, you know, the higher you are, the further you have to fall. So, you know, crawling back and asking for a job, it just, you know, a little too much pride there to do that. So I just took some little normal jobs and did some telecommunications, calling people, selling stuff, tried to work my way back up the ladder little by little, you know, slow briety, they call it. Don't get too big, too fast. Uh, It worked. It worked until you were 33 years old. Yeah. And then what happens? Oof, man. Um, You know, I had 13 years clean and sober. I... I was grown, you know, I I had a beautiful house, two cars, an amazing wife, a dog. And what were you doing for work? Uh, I was training. uh, Personal training. Yes, celebrities like Ray J was one of my clients, C-suite executives, big underwear campaign models. I was like the go-to guy to really get in shape. I think his hit single is I Hit It First. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I like Sexy Can I. It's a pretty good one. Okay, I'll check that out. It's a good song, actually. Shout out to Ray J. Yeah, Ray J. Yeah, yeah. So I was doing doing good. Life was good. And uh, I thought... I had, I had really stopped doing like a lot of mentorship with other young men. Um, the calls that I used to love, uh, started to become a little bit of a burden, just, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness started to come back. Mm. And I made, basically I made a decision at that point in my life that it was time to focus on other things. It was time to focus on career. I let my career, I let my wife, I let the exterior LA facade of look at how good I'm doing now become kind of like my number one, you know? So I lost the sense of urgency, uh, desperation, that gift of desperation I once had for being a really down and out drug addict. And, and I thought, you know, I was young. I probably, I wanted to die. I had so much pressure. I like hated everything. I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I'm going through puberty. I had millions of dollars. It was like weird. You know, I can probably have beers with my chick in the jacuzzi in Maui. Like how um, it seems if it got out of hand, it would be so yeah, easy to pull it back. Yeah, maybe that was something just when yeah. I was younger. It yeah. really wasn't that bad. Yeah, how could it turn into this big catastrophe all over again, for sure? And I'm, how long before it turned into a catastrophe? Oh, gosh, it was about a year and a half in. And my relationship uh, strangely took a split. Um, no one's really sure. Uh, my My wife somehow developed some kind of I'm not a therapist, a doctor, some kind of late onset schizophrenia or a a major uh, mental disorder that caused a lot of uh, like paranoia and and, uh, really gnarly panic attacks and disassociation, some really weird stuff that because I was so enmeshed in this relationship and focused on building this life and fixing her and being the superhero to tackle any problems and, you know, nothing can hold us back. I, I, I ignored a lot of big warning signs, you right. know, I kind of rationalized and justified these was things. Was she old, younger than you? A little younger. Yeah. So how much younger? She was uh 30 when I was 33. That's still odd it's too late. Right. I don't know what it is. Schizophrenia. Yeah. It was weird. We were had tr- to have been wild for you and really confusing. Oh my gosh. I mean, 
it was a, I, I broke down, you know, people say you don't really have mental breakdowns. The mental doesn't break down, but I, I definitely broke down. And because I was already drinking, uh, the drinking was a, a nice solution. I thought at the time, um, and you know, you get drunk enough for enough days, depressed and lost and lonely, walked away from the, the career stuff, walked away from the house. She stole a bunch of money. She went out in the press you and said a bunch of things. You got the I got the fuckets, man. You got the fuckets. <laughs> yeah. Eventually the volcano erupted with the fuckets. Yeah. I went back in full force. That's, I mean, that's what we say, right? Whenever, especially those, um, in recovery or those who are struggling to get sober. I always think it's funny. I'll, uh, anything that's kind of vulgar with drugs, alcohol that uh, I discuss, or let's say I post on social media, I'll always get people going, you really shouldn't say that. I'm like, no, you should never go to a 12 step meeting because it is so grimy, dirty, crazy how we talk. And, and that's how we Make can light of it. We kind of make, make light, yeah, make yeah. fun. It does it, it's already too fucking serious. Yeah. The stuff we, we have lived through pales in comparison to the word fuck. And you so know? you went full force at some point. You got the fuck it. Mm -hmm. And then. Yeah, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. I'm done trying. You get a divorce. Not, still not divorced, amazingly enough. Still not divorced. Do you divorced. see her ever? No, she's all over, all over the media. She's toothless, homeless, refuses help. Um, was she uh, an actor or? She, no, she was, uh, she had a pretty colored past. Um, oh, did she like a dancer, yeah, dancer stripper, stripper, porn star? Porn star, yeah, all that. Oh, all that. So, yeah, so yeah. you're like, you had a, you had the a. The broken, uh, broken bird syndrome. Or, I mean, or a sexy bird. I mean, she it was depends very on sexy. the year. She was very sexy. But right now it's a broken bird. Yeah, yeah. And so you're still married, but at some point you didn't live together anymore and you made a decision. I haven't seen her for seven years. We split, haven't seen her since that just you one night. You haven't seen her in seven years? No, no. So then what was kind of the intervention that took place this last time? Was it legal or was yeah. it just demoralization? Legal. Um, yeah, I got, no, I was looking at seven years in prison. For what? For assault. Assault Over with a deadly what? weapon. I had a, I had been involved in a couple. Uh, Were you doing jujitsu back then? Yeah, yeah. Why I had didn't you need a deadly weapon? You have your grappling. Well, because they got guns. These guys got guns. Mm. You know. Yeah, jujitsu won't do much with guns. Yeah, yeah. Well, I actually did. I I arm locked the guy who had me at gunpoint uh, with my shoulder and my neck. I stepped through, and he had the gun behind me, and I just clamped him. You know, he was trying to pull his arm away, and I had a knife and. It was bad. He got hurt and, and I, I got locked up. And, and was that over drugs? He was trying to jack me. Yeah. He was trying to rob me. Um, some other people stole my car and I got into an altercation with them. There was two guys and a girl. Um, and I, I had bet the, you are a psycho on drugs. Uh, yeah, I am. Could you imagine Tony him on drugs? <laughs> <laughs> I feel, you know, because well, why I say that is you've done jujitsu. Yeah. You've, uh, at a young age, got the point of view where you will walk away from things. Oh, yeah. Even when they're going well. Yeah. And can get to a place where you're not going to be rational. You've had a marriage that ended up not being what you thought it would be. I thought it was everything. And it decompensated. Mm -hmm. And then now you're probably losing money at this point or spending money and you're hanging out with unsavory people. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have someone who decides that they're going to jack you. Uh -huh. I could only imagine yep. the mixture of fear and rage 
yeah. that comes over you. Yeah, because there's a lot of suppressed anger there. You totally. Know? That's why I'm. That's why I'm using. You know. That's why yeah. I'm getting high. This is all I have, and I've just submitted and surrendered to having shekels to having a bag of dope and a backpack full of clothes. And you think you're going to take that from me? I'm trying to surround myself with the lowest of low so I can not feel low. And mm. you're going to take away the only thing that is, um, is giving me survival. You know, it's a scary place. It's Armageddon, like doomsday. So you went to jail living. because you pulled a knife on him. I stabbed him. Stabbed and, him. Yeah. How many times? Uh, I think he had like 119 stitches. So I'm not, I'm not really sure. So you were painting him with the knife. Yeah. Yeah. He was a 250 pound uh, gangster named Wacky with clown tattoos all over his face. And uh, he was, he had been falsely imprisoned me at gunpoint for hours. And so I had to wait for the right moment, you know? Wow. Yeah. It was, it was really intense, but these are the type of, it was like, this was an everyday thing is, is, it's disgusting out there. Is he still alive? You know, he's still alive. Yeah. Is he still in prison or out? Or? He was actually wanted for a shooting a year prior. So he ended up doing a whole bunch of time when they finally caught up with him. Well, in a lot of ways, you help bring to light <laughs> the criminal that was out there in the world. <laughs> you got to find a positive in every negative, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, um, after a stabbing, is that why you got arrested? With this? No, that's why the second time when, my, when I was involved in a carjacking, there was two guys and a girl. I stood up for myself and the girl attacked me and she had some wounds. Right. So, okay. um, never stabbed the girl, never stabbed a girl, but, um, but she was hurt and I had a knife and it was this drug, drug infested car theft thing. So, you know, you I'm guilty. You stolen the car. <laughs> and they stole my car. They stole your car. Oh, it's just a whole drug. Well, I'm seedy, the white boy. Shady, with, they think I have money. And what were you using? Meth. Got it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So then what happens after that? Looking at seven years in prison, scared shitless, you know, ankle monitor, some time in jail, bailed out to go to rehab, you know, closely monitored all this stuff. I went to LA County jail for like four months, got out and went to, uh, I went to Pasadena recovery center for like four months, Yeah, left Pasadena recovery center, went out to Temecula, uh, went to another, uh, better tomorrow uh, or one of those. It was, it was actually called, um, I forget what it's called, but it was a new place. It was really nice. Um, and I ended up working there and living there. So, so yeah, how did you afford Pasadena recovery being you had no money? I had done, I had done uh, celebrity rehab there and I knew the people there. I had a good relationship with them. So they let me go on a really low, uh, low end stuff. Yeah. Friends paid for it. Family paid for it. Many amends I've, I've made since then. And that then. was this last time. Yeah. This is the, the last time. It's a big, big, scary thing that, uh, you know, I never have to do again. And now I'm armed with the tools to make sure that doesn't happen again, which is great. And, and you now are, and I know we traded uh, messages on, you know, Instagram, you're, I was asking you to come on this podcast. And then at the same time you said, Hey, we should sit down. I was just going <laughs> to yeah, hit you up yeah. and send you a message. <laughs> yeah. What were you wanting to talk about? Well, you know, I've gotten to this point in my, in my recovery where I'm, I, you know, like self-defeating, you know, like ego death is where I find myself. The peace, um, the purpose is in, um, is in demolition of self-centeredness, right? Mm -hmm. And the manifestations of self-centeredness, what I need 
how I need to be seen, the character I've assigned myself, what I want out of situations in order for me to be okay, my deep-seated ideas of what relationships like this are supposed to look like, my deep-seated idea of what a real man would do in this situation, you know, my sense of security, my ambition, my pride, all these things, right? And, you know, I've, I've found that by having a desired outcome that I'm set on, that I want I'm usually left unsatisfied, right? Okay. People, places, and things let me down. But to be this, you know, this spiritual being having a human experience and trying to stay out of God's way as much as I can to allow the adventure of life to unfold in front of me and just be a part of that and see where I can be useful and beneficial to others. Like I get all this freedom and it's rad and I'm in the flow and like things are happening for me and through me instead of to right. me. I'm like, have these days that are great. I'm like, I love this. But then there's certain areas of life where I feel like, how do I take my power back yet be powerless, admittedly powerless, right? without pride. How, where do I have power with pride? Like, so give me an example. like family, you know? So my, my mom and my sister, you know, I've put them through hell. Uh -huh. They've been ride or die. They have sacrificed so much for me. My sister was a, was agoraphobic basically for years. You know, I was young, I had cops come into the house, I had allegations of this and that unsavory creatures coming in and out. It's like, my mom and the, the finances, and gosh, we were supposed to be millionaires and, you know, we're just eking by. It's the three of us against the so world. What's, what would you say is the most so like anxiety now, creating thing right now? Now, when I want to make a decision, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to date this girl. I'm going to do this. I'm getting a place, whatever. They're like, uh, 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 they're so scared. You know, there's a lot of fear and they want to control my life. And like, how do I not? Nope. Drawing a line in the sand. This is what I'm doing now, because that's usually been my downfall. When I say, nope, I'm doing it my, I don't want to do it my way. You know? So there's this, where's, where's that? You know, how do I, how do I well, allow, but have desire, like outcomes that aren't, I'm not glued to, and I'm not hurting other people at the same time. You're saying, well, well, you did put together 13 years of sobriety. Mm -hmm. and I've been sober 16 out of the last 20 years. I've had little blips. And, and right now you have about how much? I have a year right now. A year right yeah. now. Okay. Mushrooms, so mushrooms. I, I did the magic mushrooms and reset it. I was, you know. God. So, so you did a, a spiritual trip Experience. type of thing <laughs> yeah. and didn't tell your sponsor exactly, and heard about it from someone who yeah. totally, and was it worth looked, it? The looked, I actually extracted a lot, like a lot stuff that we can, I can do, we can all get naturally without it, you know, um, would have maybe been a little more worthwhile to do the digging without it. Um, enhanced versus unenhanced is a little, there's a little more pride of ownership and unenhanced spiritual development, uh -huh. but I did get, I did peek behind the blinds, pretty heavy duty and it's cool. Okay. So for that period of time, the only thing you did in the last three years was mushrooms. Yeah. Okay. And how many times do you do mushrooms? I did it for like a summer. You know, mushrooms, microdosing. Mushrooms, a little microdose LSD, tried the DMT, that this, the yeah. hallucinogens. What do you want more of? I th helping other people, being of resource to other people is the most rewarding to me for sure. So you, you want, but, but do you want that to tie in with your finances or not? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think it's interesting because there's just, for some people, they have this idea that if you help people, that if you were to accept money, that's anything but a very low price, 
you're somehow a charlatan or, or taking advantage of someone. Right. And for a lot of people that can get in the way because people want to pay for services. If I went to a therapist and the therapy's free, um, I have a different relationship yeah. to getting therapy mm -hmm. than if I have to pay $200 an hour. Right. And so a lot of therapists and coaches will undersell what they can offer because there's this idea, even right now, I'm trying to have a, a marriage and family therapist, Logan, she runs our, our, our the front of CAST centers. I own an uh, outpatient center. The school will not allow her to do her hours with us. They only allow them to, to the therapist to do hours at not-for-profits. Mm-hmm. Makes no fucking sense. Okay. <laughs> There's, she could get paid while she's doing her job. You're a licensed she, place. It's yeah. Not we're like a licensed place. And I've worked in not for profits and a lot of them are hell holes. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford their own life. But there's this idea that somehow those trenches when really we need more people that bring it about that you pay to get help. Right, and, right. and so I just wonder if part of it for you is really defining what it is you're most wanting to do because helping people, you're right. It feels good. Mm. There's a thousand different ways to help people. Mm -hmm. And it's how do you do the Jeremy Jackson authentic way of helping people? I know you've developed a program. Yeah. Is that the program you want to lock into and and put all your energy into, or are you thinking there's other arenas? Um, well, you know, I I feel very blessed. I mean, you know, I, I I like when things just come to me and happen very organically and naturally. Um, you know, I have a, a new business. Uh, gosh, a, a buddy of mine that we've been doing sobriety together for over ten years. You know, we're we're launching a new uh, protein shake shop, green juices and uh, vitamin C infused and chia seed, That's you know, awesome. as thickeners, there's really, really good dynamic superfood protein shakes. So that that's, I always seem to have good things coming. Um, but you're right. There is, there is that moment where I feel, uh, you know, like, what would I, what would I want somebody to do for me? You know, like go out of their way, go like, give me a, a special discount or like bless me in some way. You know, I, I often we compare our insides to other people's outsides, you know? So I think they might be nervous about me taking their money, but really it's me nervous about, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, we, uh, especially when something's more new and where it's not a tangible product, you know, it yeah, can become yeah. a little more, e it's less challenging when it's, okay, here's my shoe. So this is the cost of the shoe. And there's no guilt in terms of what the cost right. of the shoe is. Right. With self-help and personal development uh, or helping people, the lines aren't that clear. And so through people's own insecurity, I remember back in the day I did interventions and at different times, I would even get paid a few hundred bucks. By the end, uh, you know, I was getting thousands of dollars right. because of the years of experience I had doing them. But the feeling didn't change 
from a few hundred bucks or a few thousand. Right. At the end of the day, it's how secure do I feel? And, and you can still be aligned with the universe and God conscious mm -hmm. and know your self-worth. Yep. And, and being able to take years of wisdom of what you've experienced is uh, absolutely what a lot of people may want mm -hmm. if you sell it. Right. And package it. Right. That makes a lot of sense. But it's hard sometimes trapped in our own minds. Yeah. To get there. I mean, you know, I'm on television. I write books. I can tell you that I do less in the trenches helping people, especially for money. I mean... And I, and I miss that, you know, yeah. and sometimes the more successful you get in a particular craft, you lose mm -hmm. the art of why you do what you do. The dirty hands, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I love getting a phone call and flying into a city and, you know, trying to find Johnny in the streets of Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. I've done know? some interventions and, and it's awesome. It's fun, right? And it, and you get outcomes and you, it's rewarding. And I think, you know, you clearly are passionate. You, you clearly have lived a life and are passionate about so many things. And you're resilient. And I think that if I were in your shoes, I would be leaning into what is it that you're wanting most to do if you're wanting to help people like i said there's a thousand ways to help people you know what are some ways to help people that are really desirable to you and take away any of the you know like i thought i really wanted to help families until i started working I, I, young adults until i started working with the parents yeah that's all that was like oh, i don't really want to work in the youth <laughs> program right thought i wanted to do it yeah that's a tangled uh, knot there. But if you could paint the picture for yourself, what do you think you would want? Yeah. I mean, being uh, being a provider of, of solution and, and uh, you know, serenity so in a world that's so speaking? chaotic. Yeah, do you want to Gosh, that's the books? tough thing because I could do any of it. That's, you know, just, uh, you know, I just to just be, man. Just be and allow uh allow life to happen and and be in the right place at the right time that's like there's this duality you know of like marketing promotion pushing myself yeah i've talked to agencies you could do Listen, you could be the, the swat guy in a movie like that the day. challenge <sighs> the challenge with i would say the program yeah so the program works for the program yeah and a lot of people um from my experience uh, well, maybe we'll try to apply every aspect of the program to every aspect of life, like attraction rather than promotion. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? If you don't promote something, <laughs> you're robbing people of the opportunity to know and receive what it is you have to offer. Yeah. Speaking of which, check out Shake Addict, shakeaddict.com, my new superfood infused vegan protein shake shop. <laughs> shake Addict, you better get it before it, uh, before someone, you know, 
consumes all of it. Yeah, it's addictive. One is too many, a thousand's never enough. Yeah, that's our slogan. That is, is it yeah, really? Yeah, or that's everyone's right. addicted to something. Might yeah. as well be the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. You'll have to come to the grand opening. I would love to. Where is it? In Orange County. In Anaheim? Yeah, no, it's going to be probably in Newport Beach. we got Miami, Austin, Texas, New York. we got a whole big yeah. rollout plan. It's going to be pretty awesome. But I'm, I'm, I'm part of this, and we'll talk after the podcast too, but I would love to help you if there's any way. Thank you, man. Absolutely. I, I you know, I always want to stay in a, a, a state of reasonableness. I always want to be evolving, always learning. I know very little. My eyes have been opened so much. I mean, uh, what I believe and think today could be totally null and void tomorrow. I could have an epiphany tonight that'll change my whole perspective on stuff. And I actually look forward to those. So yeah. I'd love to work with you. Yeah, no, I mean, but but right now I'm trying to help you get okay, specific. Okay. I know it's uncomfortable for you. Yeah. A little bit, I would <laughs> sense. Is it? Yeah, for sure. Um, which is, the reality is it's uncomfortable for everyone because it does play it a little safe to go, I'm just waiting for what's going to come around and I'm just going to, there's no risk. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. There's no risk because we get to chill. Mm -hmm. But you have the power to make decisions. And so if we could identify, and I would love for you to, to, to be thriving and you are building a, a, a smoothie place and maybe there's an adjacent approach that works, but would you rather be a behind the scenes or like in front of the camera type guy? I think I prefer to be behind the scenes. I like to, I like to believe in and promote others and to lift others up. Um, if that called for me to be in front of the camera, to do it more effectively, absolutely I can. I got a PhD in front of the camera. Uh, yeah. you know, speaking is not a problem for me. Um, it would just kind of be situational, but um, yeah. Yeah, because I even think you could help me out probably with how to be in front of the camera. You've done so many episodes, so many <laughs> interviews. You've talked about so much. Like that is a gift. That's a gift, especially for people in the rooms and in recovery and how to show up and how to present yourself and how to go after what it is you really want. Like that's an inherent gift that you've been trained in and you're an expert in. Yeah. You get where I'm going? Yeah. Like yeah. that's something people want. Yeah, They want to learn how to show up you know even you tony you know you've been trying to get into you tony tony has a big social media following but at the end of the day tony wants to be working and wants to be a respected actor yeah right uh, it became something that i wanted yeah i think over time uh being behind the camera and now being in front of the camera i'm like oh i wouldn't be well, a post ask him. he's here i wanted to ask you something something a little separate from this but okay you said when you were 18, mm -hmm. right, you you had one of those days where you just stormed out, you quit. If you can go back to when you were 18, what would you tell yourself? You know, that's, that's tough because you get into like, you know, changing the whole time frame, you know, butterfly effect, you know, if it would have any effect at all. I don't think there's anything I could have said to myself at that time that I would have listened to, honestly, unfortunately. Um, I guess if I were to go back and see myself at 18, I would probably just plant the seed that whatever I thought I had, or I thought I wanted, or I thought I needed, 
um, that there was way more and way better and to be, keep that question mark alive, whatever mistakes I had to go on and make, but just keep that thought alive that whatever I thought was going to complete me, that there was much, much more to look forward to. Damn. Damn. No, but I'm curious, Tony, because we have someone who's biggest television show ever. You want to act. I'm trying to push you out of your comfort zone too. (laughs) You got someone who could probably Um, teach you a hell of a lot about how to fucking do it. I know, but I'm trying to think of what exactly is it that I want to like. (laughs) Okay. What would you recommend someone like me? Um, I, I, I post a lot of videos on social media. Preferably like in a comedic way, um, nothing too serious because I feel like me, I, like I don't do any impersonations. Mm-hmm. I don't really. Um, but you got personality. I got personality, yeah. but I don't really do impersonations. Like I think that's one of my biggest struggles is I see people who are in my realm of on social media who are getting gigs, mm-hmm. but they have, they can impersonate. They can like bring a different character. Like uh, I feel like I can't do that. Okay. What would you recommend someone well, first and foremost, avoid the deadly, deadly pitfall of comparison. Mm. That's, mm. That'll make you so miserable. Um, second of all, um, you know, what I see in people who make it is uh, you got to eat, sleep and breathe it, man. It's got to, you got to be so passionate about it. Um, be willing to do it for free all the time. Um, constantly thinking about the craft, you know, um, and your story, man, your story, who's you know, people will talk about demographic, but I think when it, when building a brand, you want to think about psychographic, you know, Mm. what's, what's the, what's the mind of the person that you're talking to and how can you connect with them, relate to them or how do they relate to you? So, so putting that persona out, that's your shampoo bottle. You know, it's like you got Pert Plus and you got like Selsun Blue. They're side by side. They're exactly the same thing inside. But what is it about the outside that makes someone want to buy that one over that one? What is about the, the, the campaign? You know, what's your campaign? And I know people relate to, to the story, man. It's not, it becomes less and less about what you can and can't do and more about who you are. Uh, that makes people want to see you succeed. And unfortunately, what also may, might want to see people take you down, which is a whole nother, you could just go for the hate me, you know, <laughs> hate me. Yeah. All of a sudden you got 2 million followers because people hate you, you know? So it's like, it's a business like any other business. And, um, you know, seeing as how self-obsessed, self-focused, self-centered, and self-conscious you have to be about building the brand and reaching people, speaking to the audience, you know, like, hey, taco lovers, like, that's my brand. I'm taco. Hey, taco lovers. I got something for you, taco. You know, you got to like really talk to them. And uh, there's like, there's like, you know, different ways you can do that. You can get really creative with how you reach in and grab their attention. Um, but also finding your like your, your peace to having a meditation practice, having a group that you belong to outside of that. So you can hold on to yourself and you don't lose yourself mm. in that whirlwind of look at me because it's a real thin line, you yeah. know? Yeah, the narcissism level is insane. Do you think the narcissism has increased with social media compared to back when you were on the biggest oh, television? 
oh, I almost don't even want to work out anymore. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I feel all like, this, you know, like, why, what do you mean? Just the, like fitness, you know, just as an industry, like fame, you know, there's people that are so famous just for the way they put their makeup on. It's like so crazy. Like, I don't, I'm, it feels very inauthentic almost to like do a lot of the stuff I used to love. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jiu-jitsu is still safe. Jiu-jitsu we, we have safe. a safe place. I've said this before. I've found that a lot of coaches that even have sold a huge amount of books, um, their whole business is their model is being influencers and they've sold a lot of books. They, yeah. they're not really about getting in the trenches and they haven't really experienced a lot of what that's like. And, and I do think that everyone, they have their own journey and everyone has their own path. I could say I've struggled with that a lot is the narcissism. I think I probably have said this to you so many times in the last two years, Tony, right? I'm like the, the level of narcissism that it requires to build a brand is it's hard sometimes to to deal with the because i find myself insufferable sometimes in it <laughs> because it's not right but yet i'm putting myself out there it's like a necessary evil it's a necessary evil yeah, you gotta see it as that and not lose yourself in that but it know? sounds like what you're saying is don't compare yourselves to others in that mm -hmm. find, and find your voice find your That's voice find your community outside of whatever that is for sure so if you're friends with just that whole culture community it's going to start to feel empty oh yeah and you're going to lose yourself yeah if your sense of success is based on how many views you did or didn't get you're you're asking for hardship and hard time you know yeah do you find that you enjoy it any more or less like tony has had deals with beers taco bell you know all these he has a very active big following nice do you find that you repost enjoy me, bro. it? Hmm? <laughs> repost me, bro. Yeah, repost you, bro. <laughs> Do you find that you love it more or less than when you say a few years ago? Uh, honestly, I, I I was gonna I was about to say less, but honestly, I love it more. Nice, because I feel like in a way I'm I'm doing what I want to do. I'm pushing the content that I want to push. I'm making money by doing it, which is also amazing. I'm not, and I'm no longer doing it just for free, which is like, I've been doing this for free for a minute now. So it's like, finally I get like recognition where I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm, and I'm also being represented because I feel like there's not a lot of gay Latinos who are out there making content with, you know, um, well, yeah, of course El Pollo Loco, but like Jack in the Box. <laughs> um, you know, like of, of course it's Jalisco, which I, it's funny because I was going to tell you about this today, but there is a potential car brand deal. That I might be getting. And they so want I'm a like, gay Latino? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so they just reached out to me, but they never specifically say we want a gay Latino, which I kind of like that even more. They I'm probably not, can't. They can't. But I'm like, I like the fact that it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like I'm, but I get to put my own little spin on it. So I'm like, it's, it's something that I'm like, I've learned to love, but I do love and I respect what you say because it does help. Like, especially when you say like, don't worry about other people, like yeah. just stay in your lane. Like that, that means a lot because it, it makes me more focused. Like, all right, let me just. Stop worrying about what he's doing or what she's doing. And, and that has to be you. That's probably a big lesson you've learned because you were at the biggest point in your career. And then now, especially with social media, you're looking around at the landscape. All this, yeah. And it's hard to go, 
don't compare yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm be more focused on, uh, on keeping what I have and what's gone or has that been with you this last year easy for you? Or is it something that is more recent? Like with social media? Yeah. You know, um, I've always been being famous or being on Baywatch, you know, uh, is a blessing and a curse. You know, I've always, I, I found early on to, to, uh, be gracious for the, the benefits, you know, if it, you know, makes an introduction a little more memorable for somebody or lubes a conversation or, you know, what have you. Cool. But I, I, I've come to um, actually realize that a, a lot more organic um, conversations or interactions or, or introductions to people that have no idea I'm under a lot of less false pretenses or assumptions or you know judgment. when I yeah the interesting thing is when I asked you to come on the podcast I hadn't even realized you were ever on Baywatch perfect I'd love to hear that really why I don't know just uh well I guess I feel like um what I've what I've overcome and what I've accomplished uh in my life in the past uh few years uh I feel a, a lot more proud of than being on a on a tv show mm. you know yeah your, your self-worth is, has no part of being on that television show. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of more of a splinter in the side, but, but it's, sometimes it? it's a benefit. Sometimes it's a benefit. Cool. We'll go with that. You know, but why I, would it be a splinter in the side? Um, <laughs> dating, you know, dating, it's a big splinter in the side. People assume, oh, he said that cause he thinks he's cool. Cause he's used to be on TV or is he acting or is he telling the truth? I can't tell like a lot of weird misconceptions. You got to stuff that's not just, you know, organic. Like, Hey, I'm a person having a conversation with another person. It's like, there's, there's preconceived notions there that you got to like, play you know down to or like you know show the your underbelly kind of like hey i'm i promise i'm not a fucking child star like thinking i'm all cool i'm just a regular guy you know yeah and, and you've and you were a child star and then you went on dr drew's show yeah so what now your 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 message now and what you're passionate about. So I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram and there's a ton with Tony. When I, we were talking about you coming on, Tony's like, he's Jack. I was like, he's Jack. His body's crazy. Tony's yeah. like, he's hot. Yeah. You were like, he's just, you're just saying that because of his beard. I'm yeah. Like, that's what I said. Cause Tony likes beards. Yeah. yeah you know, we always like things that <laughs> we don't have, you know, <laughs> but, um, what, what are you really wanting to dig into now? Uh, you got your protein, you got the smoothies, you, but you post a lot of you being ripped and working out. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've, I found a lot of, uh, kind of personal development stuff with fitness. You know, I, I, the gym is kind of like a microcosm of life, you know, mm. never really want to do it. You know, don't, not sure if you can want to give up a little early, you know, but you, you go anyway and you get the extra rep in anyway. And you're so convince me did. because I'm supposed to go to jujitsu night and I've, uh -huh. as I've been sitting here, I've had a 50, 50 on it <laughs> Okay, the entire time, every five <laughs> minutes it pops in my head. Yeah. And I say to myself, you don't really need to go tonight. You know, you did Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Okay. You know, uh, do, do you really need to go? How do I, make a decision because we i'm honestly i you know earlier today i was thinking oh my right arm hurts a little bit 
Maybe that's a sign not to go. Because <laughs> what you're talking about is going anyways. Yeah. yeah. How do you get your brain? You, you don't. You drag the body and the brain follows. And 10 minutes in, you'll be like, oh, so stupid for thinking about not coming. I love this. What was I, what was I ever, Isn't that so how did I ever second guess this? I'm so glad I came. You'd be going home with this hot shower. Oh man, now I'm really going to sleep good. And then tomorrow you'll do it all over again. I think the same thing applies as we get older with going to a party, yeah. going out to meet up with people. We're sure. like, ah, you know, it, it, that one area is fitness and then the other is social socializing ah it's kind of cold in la (laughs) meanwhile people are in minnesota (laughs) on an ice skating ring meeting people and then every time we go out we say to ourselves holy shit the universe just delivered a really cool introduction or person or experience that we're adding to our life and we if we would have been home nothing new yeah is added that's the interesting thing about when you stay home and I've been more, we, everyone's turned into a bit of a hermit during COVID, although we've all tried to break free. You know exactly what home is going to look like. Yeah. There's, everything's predictable. Nothing new, nothing Maybe exciting. you'll watch something yeah. or maybe a little different type of taco from Postmates. But other than that, <laughs> it's the you same life. freaking evening. Yeah, yeah. Embrace the mystery. Embrace the mystery. Well, Jeremy, thank you thank for you, coming on Always Evolving with Tony and I. And everyone can find you uh, at Jeremy Jackson, right? At, at Jeremy Jackson Fitness, yeah. Jeremy Jackson Fitness on Instagram. And can people, you know, have you as their kind of fitness slash coach? Yeah, yeah. I do, um, I do like transformation coach stuff, um, breathwork meditation. You literally, sober you literally, stuff. Can, you literally do breathwork with people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good a for big, you. Big passion of mine. Yeah, that stuff's intense. Yeah, I did one in the car before I came in here. Yeah. With who? Yourself? Yeah. <sighs> How long of breathing did you do? I did 20 minutes. Usually I do like 45. Your, girl, your girlfriend's here with you. Did yeah. She do it yeah. too? Yeah, she did. Yeah, I did. I did. Can you imagine the people walking by as you're doing that? <laughs> the windows the, are all fogged up. On with the feather, <laughs> with the leather jacket, with a, you know, he looks like a badass with the beard and you see this man just eyes closed. Huffing and puffing. <sighs> you know? Breath work is really powerful. Yeah. Really, I love doing really breath work. I, I need someone to guide me in it. I would love you're to do really it. Anytime you oh, want. Oh, I would love to have a breath yeah. work party. I got a pretty cool, I'm kind of like a breath work drill sergeant. I love and it. I scream and shake. Have you ever done breath work, Tony? Uh, no. Oh, you oh. got what? I've never done that. Dude. Oh, it's on some next level stuff. Oh, it dude. almost feels as if you're having an out-of-body experience. Astral projection, the warm embrace of the creative consciousness yeah, of the universe. Yeah, new awareness comes to you. It's oh. really powerful. Sounds like we're going to do a TikTok after this. Yeah. Well, that's we. it's very hard to do within like 10 seconds, Tony. I mean, we're going to... We'll try. We'll, 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 we'll bring in. We'll bring in the drill sergeant. Yeah. All right. So Jeremy Jackson, thanks for coming Thank on Always Evolving. And everyone, keep it magical. Make sure to click to subscribe. And until next time. This has been a Stage Twenty Nine podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan Dematty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. 
The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.